Welcome to the Alchemize Your Life podcast. In this episode, we're talking money matters, money mindset, and uh, the problem with the mean green mentality. Money, 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 money. Money. And crypto. Yeah. Hi, I'm Cian Kenshin. And I'm Stephanie J. And we're here to alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Whoa! Whoa! That was fucking epic! What, what was epic? Our webinar! Well, what webinar? Oh, the, like the Q&A webinar that we did all about crypto and passive income and the transfer of wealth that's happening on the planet right now. Like the complete and total destruction of the legacy financial system that's coming? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh my God, that was an amazing webinar. Yeah. Yeah, we had like 120 people register or something. Yeah, pretty wild numbers. Yeah, and we got another one coming up on this Tuesday. Yeah, and uh, another one on Wednesday. Yeah, that private but one. by the time you hear this, that will be in the past, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The webinars will be in the past. However, um, there will still be ways for you to get involved in crypto, and we'll put those in the description notes. Of course. Well, I mean, I've got my crypto masterclass, which teaches people like the absolute basics from I have money in the sa bank savings account and they're paying me 0.1% to... Or what was it in Switzerland uh, our friend was telling us? 0.03%. Yeah. 0.03% like, over a year. Why even bother at that, at that point? Right? Yeah. Might yeah. as well just collect dust. It's crazy. Mm, dust. Well, that's a crypto term too. Is it? Mm -hmm. Oh, you look at me being all crypto-y without even knowing. Well, so, so dust is like when you trade with crypto and... Sometimes you make trades where the there's like leftover crypto, but it's like a very tiny amount, like fractions of fractions of fractions of a penny. And so you can't really do anything with it. It's, so it's all, called it's, dust. It's called dust. So yeah. the fractions of fractions of fractions of a penny is what you're getting when you get 0 0.3. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 0 0.03% interest. The bank is giving you their dust or their rounding errors. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thanks, but no thanks. Um, yeah, so I wanted, you know, what's funny is that this was, this was amazing. Like the reception was incredible. I really, truly, I'm more emboldened now than I have ever been in my life about crypto because for me, crypto was like this weird thing for a long time that I didn't really understand until like you grounded it for me. Oh, and like spirituality? Like spirituality. Exactly. You can make me spiritual. There's Baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but can I remember your phone number? No, that's not how it goes. Sorry. Go ahead. That's awesome. I, you don't remember my phone number? We've been together for two years. That was a joke. What's my phone number? Eight something something eight two one six. Do you actually know what the something is and you're yeah. bleeping it out? Are you sure? I'm bleeping it out. Okay. They're both nines. Well, thanks for not bleeping it out. And now I'm going to get all these crazy calls. All crazy these crazy calls. my phone number. You oh, barely wow. even look at your phone. That's true. <laughs> 
What is a phone? Anyways, where was I? Oh, yeah, you grounded it for me. Mm. And um, I'm really, really excited about seeing so many people show up to this event because they were like all walks of life. You know, people, I think we we did a poll and I forgot to share this actually in the webinar, but we did a poll and um, 50% of, roughly of the attendees were like brand new, knew nothing about crypto. But then we also had nearly 10% that showed up that were like defined themselves as experts and miners. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, they were teaching people crypto and all yeah, that. Yeah, we, we had an engineer who's been like, I've been in the market so long. I know how the market dynamics work and blah, 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 blah. And, mm -hmm. you know, I understand what you're doing the, with the bots. And I still can't get across, get away from the feeling that this is a scam. Oh. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we can, let's talk about that. There's a few like different directions that we can go today, but I think we, we saw reflected in the market, a lot of really interesting things, beliefs mm, and stories around money, wealth. Money beliefs. Yeah. And, and crypto beliefs that then turn into money beliefs and a few different things. So I don't know if you want to start on the it's a scam or if you have a different place that no, you want to start. No, I, I I think like we had a number of people like there was there were general themes, right? Like there is your standard objections, which you can have an objection to any course that anyone sells online. Like this, totally. is, this is training, right? It's not it's it's not a Ponzi scheme. It's not an investment scheme. You keep all your money. It's not yield farming, which many no. people ask me. It's literally just training on how to use bots for automated trading. Mm -hmm. which, you know, we've been using very effectively yeah. uh, for like the last month. Uh, we have massive returns that basically made it possible for us to hire three new staff members and let one of our lesser liked, lesser loved corporate clients go. And, yeah. you know, like, it gave us fuck you money. It, it was like life changing wealth. Yeah. In in the span of six weeks of training. Yeah. And know. like, guys, like fuck you money is equated to freedom, right? Like that's where you if you run your own business, we call it a fuck you fund where you have enough money that if somebody you're working with, you don't want to work with them, you don't have to you don't have golden handcuffs to them. You're welcome, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you're in corporate, that means that like you're chained to one client, right? When you're an entrepreneur, sometimes that happens to one client because it, it is client, disproportionately yeah. larger than the others. We had one of those yeah. and we were not enjoying not working with, with them. No. And um, it was very out of alignment for us to continue working with them, but they, you know, paid a good chunk of our, of our staff salary. And that was important to us. And this Gave this us change, fucking change, money. Changed all of that. Yeah. yeah. It's freedom. Yeah. Freedom six, money. Six weeks of training. Yeah. Anyways, we're not here. We're not here to like convince you of that or anything. No, Actually, we want to the, talk on the reflections. The really, yeah. The really interesting part of that whole thing was the reflections. And one of the most, like, because, because like we studied Ken Wilber and the stages of consciousness and um, the modern orange rational mindset and the transition that society is going into the postmodern green pluralistic mindset. You guys can look all this up under integral theory, by the way. Yeah, or keep an eye on this podcast because I'm sure we'll do an episode on it at some point. Yeah, it's going to be in a couple of weeks probably. Yeah. Um, so the shift is happening in society and it doesn't always happen very well for individuals. And he kind of explains what that looks like. And so what I found really interesting was seeing that in live action mm -hmm. um, with, with the questions that we were getting from certain people, like people who were like willingly of their own volition coming to the webinar and then objecting to 
Well, what was it? it? Was like like the morality of making money without putting energy into it, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this question came up several times, and um, actually, even just when we were inviting people to the webinar, it was reflected to us, and then it came up a couple times in the webinar as well. So I know that it's obviously like um, quite potent in the community, in specifically the spiritual awakening community. It's pervasive. It's pervasive. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is. And I think this is really unfortunate because the truth is that like the people that are in the spiritual waking up communities are the ones that are ready to change the world. And they're kneecapping themselves by having a not so good relationship with the financial system and with money and with wealth. And uh, you can hear her whining. Sorry, guys. I swear we feed her, but she's growing and thinks she never gets fed. (laughs) (laughs) So you might hear her whine a little bit. She's getting big. Puppy stories. If you want to see her, go on our Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's all over our Instagram. We're very proud puppy parents. Um, Where was I going with that now? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you, You were talking about like money dynamics and exchange. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... You know, the the spiritual people that are at this green level that are seeing the world in a different way that are ready to help the world grow and evolve beyond the like ego structures are also the ones that are tend tend to be pushing away money because of two very specific beliefs that we'll go through in a second. Mm. And um and maybe I guess it could, I can, it could be I can actually just do a little aside on that. One, like yeah. one whenever you do a transition of consciousness, whether you're going from like archaic to magic mythic or up into rational or from rational into postmodern post-rational where you start to see that there's multiple truths, right? So like rationality says there's one truth and we're going to find out that one truth. Postmodernism says, oh, you know, there's many truths. So there's multiplicities, multiple cultures, multiple perspectives. And and like everybody's world is a little bit different, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a very enlightened mindset. However, The problem is in order to transition from rationality into post-modern, post-rational mindset, often we need to build up a lot of motivation and a lot of energy to break through that, that barrier. Unfortunately, that often means that we have to feel a lot of pain and that pain when we're at the orange level generally comes from trading your freedom for financial success Mm. or trading your autonomy for being able to eat, Mm -hmm. right? Financial stability. Financial stability. So you either fight against uh, a domination type hierarchy, i.e. a boss and that sort of thing and having to do what other people say, or you fight against the idea of money. Hmm. And so that gets carried with you as you ascend. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that's why we're seeing a lot of people that are at what Wilbur would define as the green level of consciousness with these concerns around, um, around money. And I think too, that part of it is because when we move up into that green, we see all of the shadows in the world. We see all of the things that are not going right. We see all the greed, we see all the corruption. And to be fair, it is very easy to blame money for those things. Yeah. I mean, like that's the face of it, right? That's, that's, that's your lived experience of what was causing you pain. Mm-hmm. You, we don't often see that it's the people behind the money 
that's actually causing the pain or the people behind the hierarchy that's causing the pain, not necessarily the hierarchy or the money itself. Like these are just structures. They're right? structures, they're tools. Yeah. So um, it's quite natural and again, quite pervasive for people to push those away because the pain got so great of being purely rational, modern materialist to be like, wow, I got to wake up. I got to change something. And then that gives you the escape velocity to break into green. But now there's shadow material to deal with. Just like when you were a child and you went from egocentric to ethnocentric or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the way that we see this showing up, you know, is a few different ways, but the, the way that it showed up in this webinar, um, the very first time it showed up was in a way of like people earning money without putting in effort doesn't um doesn't align with my beliefs like my beliefs are such that i have to work hard in order to earn money and this is a really interesting belief for me to hear at this level of consciousness because i will be the first one to admit that i absolutely held that belief um, you know, I grew up with my parents being working really, really hard to put food on the table and to support us. You know, they worked five jobs. They were always exhausted. Um, and that instilled in me an incredible work ethic that helped me hit, you know, six figures before I was 30 in corporate, which is, you know, borderline unheard of in the small town that we're from. Um, however, the, the challenge with that is that, you know, you have this, this caveat that you have to work hard in order to earn money and your ability to work hard is going to be directly proportional to the amount of money that you're going to earn. So you're, you're really going to kneecap yourself there. And I really saw this show up for myself. Once I hit six figures, I was super capped. You know, I was working more, 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 harder, 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 harder. And I just, for the life of me, I could not break that cap. And then I even brought it into uh, our business at the very beginning where I thought that I had to just like overgive like crazy in order to be worthy of, I remember that, yeah. you know, the $700 that people were paying for you literally, a seven week fully live course. You literally had clients going, Steph, how are you giving so much value? You're undercharging. Yeah. They were yeah. like, you either need to not show up so much or you need to charge more. Like this isn't sustainable. I had my, like my own clients telling me that. So I know this belief well, and I also know it to be primarily an orange rational based belief. So it really baffles me. At first, it really baffled me when I saw it showing up in people that are at a green stage of consciousness. Like, how could that be? So I, I listened over and over and over again to what they were saying. And what fascinated me is it was a spiritual filter with which to see the same limiting belief, which was... Mm, interesting. Yeah. It's just a spiritual yeah, filter. It's a green filter. Unpack that for me a little bit. So it was basically the, the new story was, I understand money is energy. Hmm. Everything is energy. Hmm. And I understand that to receive money, there must be an energy exchange, which are all things that the spiritual communities, ancient and modern, teach. You know, energy in, energy out. It's all an exchange. Money flows, right? It's a flow. Yeah. I think the key word there is flow. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so what's interesting here is, you know, when they're reflecting that back to me, I was hearing, well, yeah, but like, so why wouldn't passive income be part of that? Like, it was hard for me to understand. And the, they further explained it as, well, if I'm 
I don't believe it is fair or right to earn money or in balance with the universe to earn money that I have not worked for mm. directly. So it's like there has to be this direct. So this is this is basically back to the rational orange grinder manifesto. Yeah, I have to work to be worthy of money. Exactly. It's exactly the same belief, but now we've put money as energy and energy in and energy out and energy flows. Therefore, I have to put energy out in order for energy to come in. So it's exactly the same thing. And that's the story that perpetrates the wealthy and the middle class. Totally. Yeah, yeah totally. It's not serving at all. And um the what the example that came up for me is like, let's look at, for example, somebody like Mother Teresa. Okay. You got me. Yeah. Let's talk about Mother yeah. Teresa P- for a minute. Pillar of virtue help goes around helping people all the time. That Mother Teresa. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it, you know, if you were at a green level of consciousness, this is like, you know, the epitome of everything that you could do, right? Just giving, serving constantly, not ever asking for a single penny. Hmm. Is that exchange? But well, exactly. That oh, oh, I see where you're going with this. That's not exchange, right? That's not exchange. She wasn't but, exchanging anything. But yet, and yet, she's held as this like pillar mm-hmm. of, of virtue and and like a, a, an example of what people like aspire yeah. to be. But she's not following the pattern of exchange that they're prescribing for themselves. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing too is that. You know, laws aren't sometimes, they're not partial, right? Mm -hmm. When we talk about universal laws, it's not like, oh yeah, you know, let's water. Water flows downstream, Mm -hmm. right? It never flows upstream. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it never does. That is a law. Mm -hmm. It never does. Let's look at gravity. If you drop something, it will fall. Yeah. Gravity doesn't give a flying fuck if it's uh, Mother Teresa that you drop or if it's a rock that you drop or it's a feather that you drop. Hmm. They all fall. So what law are we talking about? I don't know. I'm talking about laws in general, not okay. one specific law. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were driving towards something. I am driving towards something. But right. it, the fact is that this is not a law. The hmm. energy, the way that you are seeing energy goes in and energy goes out if that was the way that it worked in the way that you see it, it would be evidenced everywhere, no matter what. It would be a law, like gravity. So mm. that would mean that Mother Teresa's very existence breaks that law. And therefore, either it's not a law or you're not understanding the law properly. I think the law they're trying to understand is the law of vibration. They, that is definitely the one that's most often quoted. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the law that basically states that everything has a vibration, it has a resonance, and everything moves. Mm-hmm. Nothing wants to stay stagnant or still. Nothing mm-hmm. in nature stays stagnant. It's always moving. It's always growing. It's always expanding and flowing. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that there has to be an equivalent exchange? Well, I think there is an equivalent exchange. The problem is that we have, we've pinpointed, we've zoomed in too close. Mm. So what we're looking at is I do a service for you. I give you energy. You pay me in money. Transactional. It's transactional. I do a thing for you and you do a thing for me, which is a very rational way. That's a cultural archetype. It's a cultural archetype. It's also like orange rational, right? Yeah. It's very transactional. You do a thing for me and I pay you what it's worth. That's Western cultural Totally. Like modern, blue, uh, orange. (laughs) Every color under the rainbow. Where's the Skittles? 
Yeah. Oh, I want Skittles. No, no you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't want Skittles. Taste the rainbow. I want to taste the rainbow. How many people are salivating for Skittles right now? I am. Oh. I don't even like Skittles, but I am. It's like uh, Josie and the Pussycats and like uh, they see a McDonald's ad and this one girl's like, I want a Big Mac. And the other girl's like, but but you're a vegetarian. She's like, I know, but I want a Big Mac. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's do marketing on Any, another. Anyways, law of vibration. <laughs> law of vibration. Yeah. Um, did you have further that you wanted to go on? No, no, that was it. Like just, just that, you know, it's more about motion and movement and not hoarding mm -hmm. and not stopping the flow. Mm -hmm. That is my understanding of the universal laws, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there is no law of exchange. No. Right. There's a law of polarity. There's a law of gender. There's a law of vibration. There's a law of resonance. I've never heard of a law of exchange. No, um, I, it's actually, it's, there is one that does talk about energy moving, but again, it's about energy moving. moving. It's about energy moving. And it, yeah. the name's escaping me at this exact moment. It might come to me before the end of this podcast. But um, so the point I'm trying to make here is that like Mother Teresa was not accepting, was not operating on a one-to-one -one exchange. Neither no. is a monk, neither is a priest. They wouldn't have been able to help the people that they were trying to help. Exactly. Like it, she would not have been able to have the impact that she had if she was focused on having a transactional relationship with money. Mm -hmm. And now I can, I already, guys, I can already hear, but stuff, but stuff, but stuff, this is all about business and spirituality. And you say not to give all your stuff away. And yeah. Mm -hmm. True. Especially if you're not in a position to where you're supported by other flows that mm -hmm. allows you to give all your stuff away. Yeah. So like, let's look at how that, that showed up for Mother Teresa, right? Was she expecting a direct transactional energy exchange? No, obviously not. But what she did receive was food, lodging, right? She was cared for. She didn't need direct trans transactional income because she was supported in the background by the universe. And that gave her the space to do the mission that she was meant to do. Mm -hmm. So what I'm encouraging is like when we're having these conversations around vibration, around money is energy, and all you have to do is just you know believe that the money is coming and it will be there. Yes, that's all true. And you have to be open to the flow. You have to it, create portals for money coming in yes. and portals for money going out. Exactly. And money slash energy, right? So mm -hmm. again, we go back to Mother Teresa. She was pouring her energy into the world. And as a result, that repayment, that energy transaction came back to her from other indirect places. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about passive income, for example, um, as of this recording, these bots are, you know, uh, earning over $171 a day for us, which yeah, is like crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. And we're only just getting started. Um, that is an opportunity for the universe to bring us money because we do a lot of pro bono exchanges, right? I mean, we've got the podcast here. You've got your priest work. We do lots of free coaching in our Facebook group. Like yeah, we are the very- the group awareness exercise, like- Yeah, the QAE, the, yeah. the Zendo that you do. Yeah, so we're putting a lot, a lot, a lot of energy into the universe. Because we're at a position where- We can, but here's the thing. Before these bots came to us, 
we didn't have that. We had no portals for passive income to come into us. Mm -hmm. And so we were actually operating against the natural flow of energy because we were pouring all of this energy into giving, but not open to receiving. We weren't open to receiving and thus we weren't receiving. So we were actually draining ourselves somewhat. Ex totally. Yeah, yeah. we 100% were. So when we start looking at passive income, it's not actually about oh, this isn't the way the energy should flow. It's actually, that's exactly the way the energy has always been meant to flow. Mm -hmm. And it is our current societal cultural dogma that tells us that I have to give you a thing and then you have to pay me for it. That doesn't believe in the concept of, you know, I'm going to use karma loosely because it's not actually karma, but people use karma to describe this of like, hey, I'm going to pass it forward. I'm going to do something nice for you. And then maybe in a couple of days, something nice is going to happen for me. Maybe I'll find a hundred bucks or maybe my my bots will make a thousand dollars. And why would that be trained into people in, in this sort of rational modern society? What What's the difference between those two models? Like one is... I'd say it would be classified as a charitable transaction mm -hmm. where you're giving without the expectation of receiving. Mm -hmm. And then that person gives without the, you know, this big chain of giving that's charity, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what's the other one where I give you something and you give me something back. It's transactional. It's I would transactional. That's yeah. yeah. That's that they call that income. Mm -hmm. And what's the difference between income and charity in, in today's world? Um, Taxes. Oh, interesting. I was, that's not <laughs> no, where I was going to go. So I'm glad you could answer where that. Where were you going with that? <laughs> I was like, uh, income I receive and charity I give. Yeah, I don't, no, yeah. Like, I'm just kind of exploring and riffing with you on this. Uh, we, we don't plan a lot of these side quests. No, we, so. we don't plan <laughs> any of this. We have no yeah. notes. We're just like, let's do crypto today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the interesting difference is, is yes, yeah, is taxes, right? So why, why would everybody we know and meet be like have this shadow where they believe that there has to be a transactional nature to exchange. Oh, it's incredibly limiting, right? That's yeah. what we've been talking about. The the upper 1%, not even the upper one, like upper 10% probably, they know that they're, and that's that's a guesstimate, guys. Don't like don't fact check that. It's not a fact. It's an <laughs> it's a random number to the top of my head. Um but like people, let's just say people that are in the upper echelon. class, upper echelon, they know that the money that you earn is the, a tiny, tiny, tiny contribution to your wealth and that your actual wealth is built in these passive avenues, in stocks, in things like, you know, some of them do crypto, some of them don't, but in something in like- charity even. In, yeah, exactly. In ways that you can grow passively non-transactional. So the transactional part ends up just being like, you know, maybe 10% of your income. It's it's small in comparison to what you're earning when you actually make your money work for you instead of just spending it all or leaving it in a bank account. Yeah, the interest like a lot of people who have achieved like what a lot of we call financial freedom and have uh, enough passive income to live off of, what did they end up doing? What is special about that? They end up doing the thing that they're meant to do. Yeah, they're and they're able to follow their true will, and by doing so, give back the energy. So they're connecting that flow. The money comes in passively. Like there was nobody on our call. You know, we actually did a little poll. Like, what would this kind of passive income mean for you? Oh yeah, yeah. And there's not a single person that said, "Oh, I'm going to start a drug den." 
<laughs> no, not even one. You not a single person. Obviously, you didn't ask me. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> didn't ask you. You, you weren't. B- business idea number two. <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody, nobody drug, said. Drug dens and brothels, guys. Come on. Let's yeah. Go. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not anti-brothel, actually. So I'm not anti-drug den either. Well. Just not for me. <laughs> Anywho, what I'm the point I'm trying to get at is like, and nobody was like, oh, I'm gonna buy this company and then like completely dismantle it. Like nobody had what we define as greedy uh, interests, financial piracy. <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah. was doing that, right? People yeah. were like, oh, I want to spend more time with my kids so that I, they can have a meaningful impact in the world. Oh, but- I want to like support my family. I want to donate to charity. I want to start a business that actually lights me up. I want to have my own self sovereignty so I don't have golden handcuffs. Like these were really virtuous goals. Well, that's because our listeners, our light benders, are fucking awesome. Yeah. So, but what I'm trying to say though is that like the people that are struggling with this like idea of passive income are also the ones that if they had passive income would change the world. Yeah. Why do you think we did the webinar? <laughs> I know, but like that's what I'm trying to get across here yeah, is like yeah, yeah. right now, most of the wealth is sitting in the hands of people that are perfectly happy with the status quo. And mm, because it serves them, because it serves them, because they won, won the game, so to speak, in their generation, playing this type of game with these rules. The rules are now changing and it is in our best interest to play the money game in a way that enables us to be in our authentic truth, not having to stay in the matrix, not having to do the things that we're being forced to do by others, but being able to create our own reality because that's why we came here. And when we do it, we show that it's possible for others and then they do it. Mm -hmm. And that's how we change the world. You light a fire. Yeah. Pushing away this idea of passive income is like, it's actually really selfish. It's not just impeding your ability to like live the life you want, but you're also robbing everybody around you from seeing that it's possible just because you don't understand the way energy works. Like at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, most like if if you look at the foundation of Buddhism, all of our suffering, everything that we fear, hate, loathe, um, all of this like separation that we experience from like what we would consider abundance or oneness or whatever you want to call it, it, the root of all of it is ignorance. And if you really dive into that, you'd really dive into the cause of suffering very, very deeply. Like Buddhism will first give you like the eightfold path and like these kind of like things to live by because let's be honest, you don't yet understand the nature of ultimate reality. So you kind of need some rules to abide by so that you don't make the wrong steps, right? So you make the right choices. Once you get a foundational, fundamental, direct insight into the nature of reality, the laws, the universal laws all make sense. And they call that wisdom, which is the opposite of ignorance, right? And when you have the wisdom of the nature of reality and of how energy works and of basically how this is a matrix, and how this is an illusion, and how you still have to deal with it even once you transcend that ignorant, mm-hmm. um, you stop suffering and you stop, and you actually realize that you've been causing your own suffering the whole time. 
Can we define suffering really quickly in the Buddhist terminology for those that aren't Buddhist and don't? Yeah, yeah. So suffering, is, they, they call it dukkha. Dukkha, 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 dukkha. <laughs> and um, it, it's, it's more translated as like this underlying anxiety that something's not quite right. I thought it was also um, an attachment to things being different than they are. Yeah, yeah. So that was Osho. Yeah. Yeah, who is also Buddhist. But yeah, Osho, um, what he said was that your suffering is caused by your lack of acceptance of the way things are Mm. and of the nature of reality. So the ignorance causes you to make mistakes and it causes reality to punish you for those mistakes. Can we rephrase that? Because I definitely don't agree with the concept of reality punishing anybody. It creates pain, friction. It's like, it's like friction. It's like you fall on the ground, you hurt your knee, it's pain. Yeah. Except the ground are these like waves of energy that flow through reality and you just don't know how to surf on them, right? It's like the universe trying to give you bumper uh, bumper it is when you go bowling so yeah. it's just like nah, uh, uh, yeah, not that way but depending not, on how de- uh, determined you are to go the wrong way that can become increasingly more resistant it's not punishment it's yeah. actually like information but it's seen as punishment and therein lies the suffering thank you that was a really important yeah yeah i was i was getting there okay. uh, yeah it's it, it's just it's important <laughs> it's important to understand that suffering is our lack of understanding that the universe is literally trying to push us in the right direction. And it's our attachment to things going in a different direction and, and rejecting the way that it's trying to push us as painful. That's the root of suffering. That's the ignorance. Mm-hmm. The ignorance is not understanding that reality is trying to work with us and trying to show us our shadows and show us our evolution. And we just keep saying, no, I want to go that way. Yeah, no, that's not the way I understand energy to work. And the universe is like, no, but it does work this way. Let me show you. And you're like, no, I don't want to see it. Let me put my <laughs> yeah. blinders on. Yeah, let, 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 me, let me stay in this limiting belief for a few more years, please. Mm-hmm. And, and you know- the, the, For a few more decades. Yeah, and, and the nature, like- God, nature of reality, whatever you want to call it, right? Source, spirit. Source, spirit. Like, its nature is of love. Mm. It loves you so much, it would never take that limiting belief away from you. Because you need it, right? You've decided that you need it. You're holding on to it, and you're like, this is what makes me me, and this is a fundamental, mandatory requirement for the way that my world will work, for the reality that I've created for myself. The universe can't just take that away from you because you would get whiplash. Steph's not so benevolent though. She'll take her Kali sword out and whoosh, cut your limiting belief off at the knees. Are you speaking from experience? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I've also seen you do it to friends and clients and it's, it's amazing. They all say thank you after. Once yeah, they're, once, after, their once, they're, once their knees healed and they're done cursing you. <laughs> yeah, just a little yeah. cursing first. Yeah. yeah, well, that's yeah, it's just that Kali energy, right? It's yeah. it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the universe wants you to live the life that you have created. It loves you so much that it wants you to live the life that you've created. So unless you're wildly off track, it's not going to take these 
beliefs from you. So it's really important to recognize that it is your responsibility on your ascension path to relentlessly find your beliefs and work with them so that you can release them on your own. That's part of the reason why you're here. And if there's one thing you take away from today, like just try to understand how reality is always trying to push you in the right direction and that the friction and the resistance you're feeling is of your own creation. Mm -hmm. And if you start to look at that, there's freedom to be found there. Mm -hmm. And the, I think the second thing for you to reflect on, and guys, let us know when you listen to this, send us a screenshot, um, take us on Instagram at Stephanie J at Zen Mind Hacker. It's all in the show notes. And let us know what your thoughts are on that. And then the other one that I want to add is your like soul work for the week. Not that we normally do this, but it's mm. coming up. So I'm adding it all for right, you. Cool. Um, is I want you to consider what would it look like if energy flowing from one person to another went from a one-to-one -one transaction to a web, a dynamic web of energy movement? What would that look like in your world? I'm imagining like a web of rivers and and side rivers and stuff all like combining together to create an ocean. Oh, well, I'm imagining Charlotte's web. So okay. wow. <laughs> yeah, we, we have different imaginations. <laughs> you be Osho, I'll be Kali. Somehow <laughs> no, we'll end up with a seems, spider and a pig. It seems to be the way it works. I, <laughs> I, I pose people very like insightful questions that, you know, eventually get it into their ego and under it and like crack it open from the inside and mm -hmm. you kind of just hammer it with your sword. I don't think that's how a sword works. Cut it with your sword. That's better. Thank okay. you. Stab it. Stab it. Stab, stab it. Stab, stab it. Stab it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. So let us know uh, your reflections on those two pieces. And um, we love you all. And we look forward to you building generational wealth. See you guys next time. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.